Sean from the last podcast and in collaboration with several colleagues around the galaxy proudly brings you insightful and intriguing discussion on Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Welcome to We Have Spoken. Chapter 4 of We Have Spoken, everyone, and welcome to a new series of The Last Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you in the cantina where the Mandalorian just ordered some soup. I've reached out to the best renegades I know in the galaxy, and we are proud to bring you the legend of the Mandalorian. If you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through donations using PayPal. Donate $1 and get an exclusive Last Podcast sticker. Support the show so we can pay our bar tab. Head on over to mrctechllc.com backslash become a fan. If you like game streams, come on out and join me as I play through a series of games on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Mixer. Join the chat and follow the channels. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Chapter 4 of the Mandalorian called Sanctuary. Both Damien and Mike make their return to Episode 3 of this series, and we couldn't be happier to have them on the show. And without further ado, let's get going. Yeah? Good. All right, well, let's get started. So we've got Damien back for Chapter 4 of the Mandalorian. It is... 11 2019 how was your thanksgiving uh not too bad i had to work you Oof. know it's uh it's retail life i'm not in retail directly i'm like indirectly there Fair. but um we support so i was out for just a couple hours but okay. uh had thanksgiving lunch got to uh watch a game can't complain about that nice nice and uh i mean yeah you know it's a holiday season man. i can put the tree up today just got decorated love it ready to go love it yeah this holiday season is i mean people are saying that thanksgiving's late we still have four weeks till christmas which i guess it's normally five weeks at this point on a normal mm-hmm. rotation so we were doing a lot of work outside and indoors today to get it all taken care of and we hosted thanksgiving so it was even double the fun um, even more stressful yeah i felt like uh, the disney imagineers <laughs> breaking down thanksgiving and putting up christmas in a matter of four hours so pretty fun to do that but in in within all the family stuff that's happening, uh, the Mandalorian Chapter Four Sanctuary came out, and I got to watch it one time. You mentioned to me that you watched it a few times, well, two times. Yes. You have some notes. Lead us off. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it, it didn't. It, it felt like a kind of a little bit like Chapter Two, like a side mm. mission kind of episode. But, you know, we get introduced to new characters. There's more layers added to the Mandalorian and kind of like that conflict of him taking off the helmet, you know, Mm -hmm. leading a life of his own, doing all this other stuff. But um, action wise, I thought the episode was awesome. You know, we got to see something that was teased in a Lego set uh, from a couple months back. And obviously just like anything with the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, is just like give me all of that I, I will take all of it all the content with him um i'm on board absolutely i totally agree with you as it comes to this was a side mission 
Uh, it was one of those things where we discussed we don't really know where he's going to go. So right off the get, we're in his cockpit. The, the banter between him and Toyota is just so good. And it's funny. I laughed. I remember audibly laughing three times in the begin, just the beginning through their lines. And then he brought up his Navi computer and actually said the planet's name. Now, I didn't. I, I heard it, and I recognized it was a name. I didn't catch it. Jara, Jareb, something along those lines. And I was like, all right, sweet. This is our first time we know kind of where they're going. And it's a backwater planet. But at the same time, that's not our opening scene, right? We get this right. out of nowhere scene where I was like, oh, this is this is what I thought. I said, oh, this is Cara Dune's past. This is what made her, right? This is what made her become the person who she is. And we're going to see her down the line. What did you think? I thought, um, so the thumbnail for the episode is like Cara Dune. Yeah. So you're like, okay, we're going to see Cara Dune. We're finally going to meet her. And then you see the whole backstory, the ATST coming in, just like wiping out people. And I think they're called the Clatoons, Clatoonians. Okay. Um, I think that's what they were called, but they reminded me, they reminded me of like the Urukai from mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. Urukai. And they just kind of came in, you know, just stormed the village, like stole everything that they were catching. And, um, you know, I thought, oh, okay, like the mom of this baby's going to, or the daughter's going to die. And that daughter's going to be Cara Dune mm. was not anywhere close to that. And I think that was kind of cool that they set it up like that because you see the thumbnail, you watch that opening, you're like, okay, this is Cara Dune's backstory. Yeah. And we don't really get that. It, they kind of steer in a whole different direction. And I, I was actually happy that they went that way. Yeah, it's to, a, a totally different, interesting storytelling where we're introduced uh, virtually every single episode to something new, like brand new, unrelated to the story, whether it's the off-world Jawas. Now this, I, I didn't even recognize the these raiders, the species, uh at all. I, I couldn't place them in any Star Wars comic or recent movie or book. You know, so I had no idea. I was like, I mean, this is cool because they're introducing new aliens, new species. We don't really know. Uh, and I guess what they're trying to do storyline wise is, you know, our main ingredient is the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And mm-hmm. we just have to sort of accept that there's so much weird out there. And then we have like this normal farmer's in the middle of nowhere town where how does their sanitation look like? What are they doing to get rid of their stuff? Like, I don't know, but they seem to have good food. I mean, those blue shrimp. I mean, yeah, they, they were plentiful. So, I mean, that, that would work for me. I'd be okay with that for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, um, you mentioned like layers, uh, layers of the Mandalorian and I'm sure you picked up on it. Like I picked on it, not, a descendant of Mandalore. Yes. Not from Mandalore at all. What's does that change anything? I mean, what do you think? Well, I think it. I think it. It. Uh, it doesn't make him. It makes him loyal to the Mandalorians, right. but not a hundred percent loyal to them because he's. You know, you have moments where, even though he's wearing this helmet, like like I say every week, you can still feel him emoting through it. And you could see, like feel that he's conflicted. He appreciates what they did for him, but at the end of the day, like you know, those guys are on a different planet at this point. 
he's on a completely different planet on the run doing his thing and uh, you know i think he appreciates everything that they did for him and that might also answer uh you know the question of who rescues him from the battle droids and, you mm-hmm. know, when they leave that cliffhanger mm-hmm. in the flashback, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we're going to see something more to it. But I do think it was pretty cool that, um, you know, he acknowledges, yep, I was kind of just adopted into the culture. They raised me. They helped me. But it seems like he's not 100 percent loyal to them. Right. To You know, he's loyal to a fault. Yeah. And, uh, and that connected me back to Chapter 3 when the big guy, Bud Knight, sort of, you know, you're a coward. You know, and he sort of calls him out, and you're thinking like, why is he calling him out? They're, they're one of the same, mm-hmm. but now it's like, well, was he the one that saved him? And something happened, and uh, a mission went sideways, which caused him to go underground, and it was his fault. And now it's his job to to right the wrong by being the exposed Mandalorian, and he's got to do all the jobs and put his life in danger and bring back and blah 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 and all this stuff. So. You know, that's the kind of stuff, like, of course, in a 35-minute episode, I stew on, and I'm like, there's so much to that one line of, oh, yeah, I was adopted, they brought me in. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this just, it's not blind anymore. Now it's like, you're right, this is on-purpose loyalty. And now I got to go, was he in the guild before, man? No, I think he was in the guild afterwards. But it's sort of the same thing, like, he just kind of left the guild and hopefully he just doesn't make a decision to leave the Mandalorians. Although, right. you know, you go through this episode and I kind of, not that I was like choked up crying, but I was like, man, I really feel for this guy because he's had such a battered life that this would be the perfect sit, like settle down time where mm-hmm. you can just take the helmet off and, and, you know, relax away. Sort of reminded me of like the end of Looper, you know, <laughs> like yep. where like he knows he can end it like right now. You know, and just like you get that serene moment, and then we get the, uh, the apparently these trackers are spanning galaxies, and they can just track. I don't understand how they work. Is it's not NFC? I know that for sure, <laughs> but it's some kind of long range GPS. What's going Definitely on with these trackers? What are your thoughts? Like, what's the tech behind them? Man, I I don't know. I mean, you know maybe some kind of weird satellite. I mean, it's, you know, the rules are just completely oh my God, you know, yeah. off the board. So they can write whatever they want and be like, oh yeah, it works this way. But um, it's crazy because he goes to this just kind of desolate planet, like really quiet, um, semi, you know, inhabited. And it's just like, okay, he looks like he's good here. And all of a sudden, you know, boom. But then again, you never know. Like, I mean, he, you know, we see the scene where he goes to the cantina. Mm-hmm. He gets some bone broth for the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch the so kid. So who knows if, if someone, like, tipped, that is know, true. the guild off. Sure. Oh, hey, well, we see this guy with this kid that doesn't look like any other kids. You that know, is, hey, that is, yeah. on this planet. For sure. You know what? You're 100% right. I didn't even make that connection. It's like, uh, you know, when BB-8 is seen at Maz's cantina and you got two different people thrown going on to a communicator saying, yep. Hey, you know, I, you know, BB eight's here to alert the first order or whatever. So yeah, you're hundred percent right. The fact that he's exposing this kid to the public still, that was a question I asked like in chapter three, I'm like, why is he just walking around with them? I guess he doesn't care. But, uh, man, that cantina scene was Everything about their react, their their interactions together, Mando and Yoda, Baby Yoda, is just so funny. Like, 
don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. And I'm thinking to myself, damn it, I do the same thing with my daughter with Legos. Like, do not touch any of it. But I know that that doesn't last too long, so you always have to keep an eye on them. Like, what did you think was going to happen, Mando? It was literally, that was like my, like, literally just, you know, us being, both of us being parents. It's like, I'm thinking, like, don't do that. The one word I say probably more times than any other word now is no or don't. (laughs) No, no touch. No, don't. And then, uh, you know, (laughs) she still does it anyway. And then the scene where he's like, stay here. I'm going to go take a look around. I'll be right back. And then he looks down and he, baby Yoda's right there. He's like, what the hell? (laughs) I tell you, man. He just gives up, just like every other parent. (laughs) Exactly. Just like, fine, you can come. It's not a big deal. We'll make it work. So, yeah, I have. Again, we're just moving on, like with the with the main conflict. What did you think of this? Again, sort of another montage of training the people up to. I get we we might be skipping too far ahead, but this is sort of the main idea. After meeting Cara Dune and her history, and we can talk about her in a moment. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the plan to take out the ATSD? I I mean, I thought it was entertaining because you just see like these people have no clue except for and i don't know if i caught her name i watched it twice the mother of the daughter that we see right before um i don't know what her name is though yeah i wouldn't be i have no idea right now but she seemed kind of like very capable trained in some way sort of reminded me of lyra from rogue one who didn't look like she knew what she was doing and then pulls a blaster and was like all right, I guess she kind of knows what she's doing, but you could tell the Mandalorian was smitten with this with this lady for sure. She can for handle sure. she can handle a weapon. She's cooking me food, and she doesn't ask too many questions. And speaking of questions, do you feel that the showrunners like showed this to people and then said, "What questions would you have?" And then they made dialogue to answer the questions almost immediately because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting like. I wonder when's the last time he took off his helmet. And then we're getting dialogue, and I'm like, son of a gun. I feel like they're reading my mind. I'm getting these answers sort of immediately. It's kind of cool to see them uh, relaying information through dialogue. Like I said, this is a dialogue-heavy episode, in my opinion. Uh, and we're getting a lot of cool information. Any any nuggets that you that you picked up on on well, your I second mean, watch? Uh, it just For me, I just like the fact that she seemed to like – you know, she obviously knew what a Mandalorian was, be, despite being on that small, small planet. Yeah. Knows how to handle a blaster, so it seems like she might have crossed paths with a Mandalorian at some point in time on yeah. another planet or whatever. But just the whole fact that she says, you know, when's the last time you took off your helmet? He said yesterday. She's like, okay, well, how about in front of somebody? Mm. Oh, you know, not since I was as old as them. And you know, he points to the kids playing and stuff like that. So, um, I like that she know, said like, really. <laughs> Like, yeah, really? like she was just genuinely surprised, <laughs> yeah. and even like the the tidbits with like Kara, where she's like, "So what happens if you take that off? Do they just yes. come after you and kill you?" Exactly. And he's like, "No, I just can't put it on again." But even then, it was like it answered the question, but it was still like it seems like there's rules to it. Like you could do it in privacy, right? Not in front of other people, um, or that's just maybe his, you know, because we know that he's not a full Mandalorian, he was adopted by them. Maybe that's like him paying his respects to them right. by not showing anyone his face. But obviously the guy's got to eat, you know, do whatever he's got to do. Um, but yeah, it was just, there was so many interesting questions, but I like that they answered most of them right then and there because, mm-hmm. 
you know, cliffhangers and, and just unanswered questions are one of the biggest things that, you know, fans of anything, you know, it bugs me. Like if I'm watching something and something doesn't get answered or, um, you know, they drop it like Game of Thrones. There was just so many things in that last season that they were like, here's this. For sure. It just, they never came back to it. So with this, I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, he took off his helmet yesterday. He hasn't taken it off in front of people since he was a kid. Um, so, I mean, I really liked that, you know, there was immediate answers to a lot of the questions because, you know, we already still have so many questions about him, how he got to where we see him with the mm-hmm. battle droid to hear mm-hmm. who the woman is, who's helping him along the way right now in this episode, even Cara Dune, um, just her backstory before she, you know, started, right. you know, helping out, um, with the rebels. Right, right, right. No, it, like the, the theme of layers for sure is, is prevalent. I love the scene of him taking his helmet off and just eating. It's actually a question I've wondered about. Like, how does one go about eating while wearing said helmet? And it's like, oh, duh, of course he's taking his helmet off to eat in private. You know, like, that's just what he does. And it's like, I don't know why we need to see it on, like, in front of us to to understand that. But, you know, there's a lot of suspension of belief i think that we go through watching star wars we just accept we, for the most part i 90 percent of the time you accept it like mm-hmm. cool like this is this is this is interesting you know it's like holo, holograms they are the, the worst resolution ever <laughs> but we accept that they are the coolest way to communicate between each other ever yep. you know and it's just like it's awesome to see that you know, any kind of the tech or any kind of the uh whatever they're doing and we're just like yeah cool yeah oh yeah absolutely it could you know light could absolutely stop at a six inches or eight inches or 12 inches we're just going to accept that light stops lightsabers make no sense there's no reason why that stops it's plasma it should continue moving forward until there's no energy <laughs> like so like the best the best lightsaber do you remember that game oh man it was on the wii it was kind of a Japanese anime game, but you had like this lightsaber sword, but it had an, a, a stop at the end of it, like where the emitter it would go from sort of point A, a to point B. Yeah, and it, but it, would, it you know it had a, a you know a realistic stop to it. I, I got to think of the name. It was very interesting. It was a good game. It was like a bounty hunter type of game. G- Grand Theft Auto meets Japanese anime meets weird RPG. Anyway. But, like, with that, with lightsabers, we've just accepted that they exist and they're real and it's fine and hyperspace is absolutely real and, and whatever. And in this, I love the realistic nature of an ATST's foot, a footprint via Jurassic Park. Like, that gives you Very cool. that gives you scale, that gives you size of it. Like, we know they're little models and they're, you know, nearly claymation. You know, but just using, you know, how they shoot them stop motion. But they're like, they almost were standing inside of it. And you're like, oh, that's exactly how big they are. Like, we don't understand that. Like, we can't see it, but now we do, which is, they're doing, the way they're shooting it is just really cool. And I got to give credit to the director, right? It was um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard, who was in, funnily enough, Jurassic, Jurassic World. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was her inspiration to that. But yeah, a lot of kudos to her. I thought this episode for me was just like heartfelt, like it was pulling. It was tugging at a lot of heartstrings, like leave the baby. It's going to be fine. Nope. You know, the and and did you pick up on the line that they've apparently they were there for weeks? You yes. Know, like, uh, yeah. Three like weeks, four hell. weeks for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And that doesn't even count the training, which looks like it happens in two minutes, but probably happened over a course of two weeks. So they're probably there for five weeks if I had to take a guess. Yep. So it took it took someone five-ish weeks to track them. Right. 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 So it's not foolproof. It's not like it feels like they track them in 30 minutes, but not really. So, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Now, the Cara Dune character, I know you were pretty hype on her before getting into this uh, chapter. So did she live up to your expectations? I mean, I, I thought her back and forth with Mando was awesome mm-hmm. because she kind of was like serious, but more like light with how she said things like she said it with a certain swagger. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously she's a girl who can handle herself. And I just love that the first meeting between them, you know, he sees her across the way and then she disappears, goes outside to find her. They just start throwing punches and she's getting the better. Oh, my of God. Mandalorian. She like was, you know, crushing them and mm-hmm. he's getting his shots in. But then eventually it, it's just like this nice moment of like levity where they're just they both have their blasters pointing at each other and they just hear slurping. <laughs> and oh baby Yoda's God. there I, with I, his bone broth. Just just like, hey, what's going on? You want some soup? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell you, man, this episode was there were some there were some good moments in it. Like, all right. You bested me. I bested you. There's not much we can do about it. Good game. Let's go eat. Like, like, yep. good, uh, Hunter Pence was out there in full, full. <laughs> yeah, good game. Good game. Let's go eat. This is good stuff. Uh, yeah, no, that's never traded that guy away. Yeah, right. <laughs> and in his weirdness for sure. Uh, it's interesting throwing <laughs> me- uh, mechanic. Um, yeah, I love the Cara Dune character. I mean, she's mysterious enough. Uh, apparently this waitress has never been tipped for information before. She had no idea how to deal with that. She's like, oh, my God, thank you for these extra credits. I don't really know what to do with this, but I'm just going to take them. And then, you know, they do their little scuffle. And then we find out a little history. You know, I think she was a shock trooper in the rebellion, the the Rebel Alliance. Um, Did I hear Endor? So she started, I think she was hunting down... um like different uh imperial leaders after the battle of endor mm, okay. but then she and she said it became like too political and she just went for or opted for like quote unquote early retirement which mm-hmm. you know um is the same thing i guess mando was looking for just a planet to hide on and lay low yeah and you know that's how those two bump into each, um, each other but i mean i would love to see more of her backstory i mean she was um you know, we've seen her in so much of the promotional material. She already has an action figure. Yeah. It's just all these things that we've seen. And you're like, Cara Dune, just like IG-11, you're like, all right, these two characters, can't wait to see them. Can't wait to see mm-hmm. all three of them. And then, um, you know, we finally get her. It takes three chapters, you know, and finally on the fourth, we get to see her. But, um, yeah, she was pretty interesting. I just kind of like how she held her own against the Mandalorian. Um, and, you know, she's obviously seen some stuff, you know, almost as much, if not more, than the Mandalorian, but it was cool to finally have her and him interact on screen together. Hundred percent right, and it and it's creeping now that we're. I'm starting to see patterns in how these chapters are being told, and it's creeping toward a ensemble episode where we're sort of getting a little bit of these characters a bit at a time. Nick Nolte, Galil, a little bit of IG Eleven, now a little bit of Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. My guess, and we'll get that to predictions, but you know, there's obviously characters and promotions we haven't seen just yet. I'm guessing toward the end, episode chapter seven, chapter eight, 
we're going to see these characters come together somehow. I, yep. I still stand by my prediction that Galil will rebuild IG-11 and drop him off, and then a little hollow projector will play, and it's him saying, take this droid, you don't have to pay me, I have spoken. You know, and then just like, and that's it, you know, for him. So I still submit that that something like that will happen. Cara Dune will come back. You know, maybe he puts out an APV like, you know, these guys are after me. I don't really know how to handle this. I need a team that's going to get me through this. And maybe that's the end of our season one, them getting together. You know, and then it becomes a full ensemble cast, you know, for season two. I don't know, but that's. I'm I'm reading the tea leaves, and that's sort of what I'm seeing uh, right now. What say you? I mean, for me, I think it's going to be a big team up. I think you're going to have Kara because you know she's like, oh, you need an escort. He's like, nah, I'm good. I'm okay. We're fine. And um, you know, it cuts to them just heading back to the Razor Crest. And I think you'll see IG11. I think you'll see Nick Nolte back. Um, Bill Burr, we still haven't right. seen yet. Uh, that's we right. just saw him yep. in promotional footage. So I'm hoping. That he's like the wisecracking, like good guy to help them because that's Bill Burr is like one of the best comedians. Um, yeah. Well, this plan sucks. Ever. Like that's what I can yeah. see him saying. Well, this well this plan's going to get us killed. Here's my plan. You know. <laughs> so I think he he would be a nice addition to it, but I honestly think it's going to be you know um, we're going to see grief and the guild go after them, and I mean you know we don't really know the reach of the guild. Obviously we see someone from the guild is right. here right now to go after baby Yoda in this episode. So if he flew all the way to this other planet yeah, and someone still found them, like how many members of the guild are across the galaxy, Hundred percent. but then you think how many Mandos are underground ready to like get out and just fight back. And we saw a little bit of that with the last episode. So I think, you know, we're going to have some kind of big, almost like Avengers style team up. You get all the Mandos together you get Carrie, you get IG-11. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Nick Nolte will be present for the fight. I think yeah. he would, like, your prediction I like a lot. He'll reprogram IG-11, send him on his way, um, and then you're just going to have this huge fight. And I don't know how it's going to exactly end to lead into a second season, um, but, I mean, it's it's really kind of getting to, like, that boiling point. We're getting, yeah. like you said, all these nice little intros to these characters and stuff like that, and it's going to be pretty cool to see how this wraps up. And I don't want to see it wrap up because we're going to have to probably wait another like two years, year and a half for, for sure. Mandalorian season two. For sure. Which segues us into like a little bit of a, you know, predictions now. And I think every time we've done predictions, we've started off with, we have no idea where this is going. And I still think it rings true. Like, all right, we just get to this planet. We think we're settling down for a little bit. And he's like, no, we got a piece out of this because they're after us now. Nowhere is safe. They're going to be continuing to move for sure. I think this is where my prediction comes in. This is where obviously the client is still operating within the guild. You know, I need that asset. Handle this. But I think there's going to be a point where the client goes to Moff Gideon and says, I tried to handle it this way. Now I need you to intervene. Insert now your main baddie, who might be prevalent for the final three. Like at the end of Chapter 5, you're going to see the client speaking to an unknown person, you know, in the shadows. I need your help. You need to handle this. And he, like, 
steps up into the light and he goes, you know, like affirmative or for the empire or something like that. Whatever, you know, whatever, you know, something. It's going to be a callback. Boom, it goes to black. And now we're like, well, the last three episodes are going to be wild. So that's sort of my bold prediction going forward that we're going to get some Moff Gideon uh, pretty soon. I mean, I hope I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense because it, it just seems like there's still like a big background player. Yeah. And somebody else that's behind all this. And I think even, um, you know, like grief, like he's just kind of I think he's acting out of fear because mm. he knows of this entity or this person. And it's just like, it, you know, Mando, like you got to give it up, dude, because when Mando gave it up and he shows up in his new Besker armor, like he's, you know. He, they're good they're having a good time together he's laughing and chuckling with them but i think he realizes like the act like the gravity of the mandalorian's actions and how that's going to play going forward um one thing too like you know this woman that's in the episode she's i think we're going to see her again i think she's very pivotal agreed to mandalorian story and i think she'll show up because I think she's very attracted to who the guy is behind the helmet. Yeah. And, um, you know, either she's going to be a member of the guild because how else did someone find out that the baby was on that planet? Right. And how does she have such oh. great skills shooting a blaster? Oh, you know, like, I think she might, Shoot. you know, I think that there's guild members just like kind of going back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago, all over the galaxy. Oh, and you no. don't know who they are. Oh no. So, even though you have like these kind of like pirate, the Clatoonians are coming in here doing their thing, um, you know, raiding their little village and taking all their stuff and their blue shrimp and what have you. Um, you know, I feel like there's guild members everywhere and pretty much wherever Mando goes, he's not going to be safe because there's just somebody always there, yeah. like eyes and ears everywhere you go, no matter what. So, I mean, she just seemed too knowledgeable with a blaster and uh, too well versed in like the Mandalorian culture to be like as good as she is. Uh, what a double agent theory that is! And just when the crowd starts to believe in this relationship, she, she pulls a tracker out of her pocket, and you're like, "What? Yep. <laughs> like something it, like that's gonna happen? Oh, that would be true." It would just be. Tragic. It was so so good because they were so interested in Damn. oh you know um and the one thing that was interesting this episode they referred to baby yoda or the child as he it oh was, yes it was just always what's with the child what are they gonna do with the kid and then this episode was he 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 lots he, of he. he and she was like he is having fun here he likes being here he's okay like when like how would she know so much about all that stuff when mm. you know mando's like don't go play outside with those kids and she's like he's okay you know yeah i read um, it i read it two ways like I, that's a good way of you putting it i also read it as like listen i'm a parent i've been doing this for a long time he's got to go learn you know it, it's not all bad here so i saw that like i almost that was a reflective of my parenting style like listen you want to jump off a slide i'll let you do it one time if you survive it we'll think about the second time if you fall and hurt yourself <laughs> Then we're going to talk about it. Like, that's just me. I'm an experimenting sort of kind of person. Please, nobody sue me. But uh, it's. I think there's a very important thing in, in having the chi any child sort of learn and, and breathe on their own because micromanaging is sort of – but, again, he's also he's, he's also hyper aware. You know, right. it's been in his – not possession is a bad word, but it's been in his sight for 
who knows how long they've been traveling in in the space. You know, again, no such thing as time and space in, in any Star Wars anything. Uh, but yeah, it's that's pretty interesting to think about the whole double agent plus the she does know quite a bit. And this my second watch is going to be much more interesting than the first watch because I'm going to have these little things to think about. Okay, let's flip you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Top three moments from chapter four. Top three. All right. So uh, three being least favorite or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with start with three. We'll work to one. We'll fly back and forth and uh, we'll go Um, for it. And again, this is off the top of my head. Right. You know, no right. No wrong answers here. All right. So uh, three for me was actually having a little bit more credibility added back to the ATST. Mm hmm. Because, you know, we see in Return of the Jedi, they're just all over Endor doing their thing. And you have Ewoks just, like, tripping them with ropes. Yeah. And oh smashing them with logs and it. throwing rocks at them. And all of a sudden, it's just like, okay, yeah, they're they're in pretty easy to take down. Yeah. In this episode, they really added a lot more. Like, you have 20-something people firing lasers, doing what they can, setting up spikes for it to fall on. And granted, you know, it still does technically fall, uh, you know, into the water and then falls over. Um, but then you still have that kill shot right through the eye of the um, the walker from, you know, the gun. And it, that was perfect. Uh, yes. I thought they added a lot more credibility back to the vehicle, especially because you have a whole village and it's just one of these. And it's, you know, what it wants. And even even in the beginning scene, it's like you don't you hear it. You hear the rumble and it's like Jurassic Park with the T-Rex. Yes. And you just see a couple laser shots, you know, a couple of uh, the cannons go through. And, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, number two would be um, Cara Dune finally getting onto the show, just seeing her interact with Mando and just kind of uh, just the back and forth between the two of them. I liked a lot. I love that she, you know, added a little bit more comedy to it. Like when he's just like, oh, yeah, we uh, we can't stay here anymore. And then she's like. All right. Well, you know, you could have probably broke the news a little bit better yes. than that. Um, bedside manner, I think she like, said. Yeah, bedside. Yeah, bedside manner. manner. That's yeah, that's what she said. And then, uh, you know, her just being like, "Oh, well, you know, you could just take off that helmet and sit here and sip whatever the drink was that yeah. they were sipping, and and have that beautiful widow." And that added another layer to the woman's story because we didn't. I didn't see a husband. You just see mother daughter interacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in that prologue, so that was pretty cool. And then for me, I mean, it's just more Baby Yoda. Like, adorable. Absolutely. I love, I love the scene where, where he, now that we know it's a he, or at least that's what they're referring to him as, puts the frog in his mouth, and all the kids are like, ew, and he spits it out, and they're like, ah. It's just great. It yes. was just fun watching him and watching just the innocence given all the chaos that's about to ensue. 100%. I love that top three. And actually, with for my three, I'll harken right back on I just wrote down Yoda playing, baby Yoda playing, you know, just – being a kid, doing his thing, you know, uh, being part of a group, you know, I, who knows? He's been in a pod for 45 years, like, right? right? Like, <laughs> we don't know how long he's been isolated from people, and he's doing the best he can to be normal. And I don't even know what normal is in this universe, but just him kind of interacting, uh, having lots of fun. I, I thought we were going to get little Force Powers, manifesting because he's happy right i thought something along those lines were going to happen like even even during the battle like a missile was coming in and he was able to deflect it like i don't know see it and deflect it 
But, you know, again, I think they're limiting us to the force because they don't want this show to become force heavy. They want it to be Mandalorian, very centric, and I think they're doing a good job with that. So it's a good balance so far. We saw something we recognized with the force and we're like, whoa, this guy's got the force, but he hasn't used it since. And we're still watching. So that tells us how good the story is so far. My second is just that scene where the Mandalorian takes off his helmet I, I just made an action of me taking off my helmet. You can't see that. Um, and he just puts it down, and he's just a watchful eye. And I think that s- tells a lot about the symbolism of somebody was watching over him at his most innocent moment, right? Sort of back to that. What we thought was the purge is now something totally different, uh, mm-hmm. not the purge at all. It just seems to be an attack on a random town now that it's looking yeah. like we don't know and then the third one or my my number my number one was the red eyes of the atst through the forest terrifying young children forever they're going to be dreaming of this and just seeing how <laughs> despicable that is i i have that lego sidebar i'm a little disappointed that this is not the mandalorian's atst I'm going to be honest with you. I thought <laughs> he was going to have this machine somewhere. Just like uh, hack it. and Yeah, and then go into yep. it and bada it. And no, this is a evil ATST. I'm a little pissed <laughs> about it, too. I might take it back. I'm not going to take it back. But now I want to get red LED lights and put them in the eye sockets and light it up oh, yeah. for display. So I am pretty excited about that. All right, let's move on to our overall impressions. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Chapter yes. three or chapter four? Which one's better? Ooh, that is a loaded question. Big question. Um, if you had to choose, and again, there's and there's no wrong answers on this show. Everybody's opinion counts. Now I gotta go three. Um, not that I, not that, that it's a slight to chapter four whatsoever, but I mean, just the action in chapter three, the whole like suspense. Oh, he's he's caught. The guild's got him. He's done. And then the other Mandos come and rescue him. You get the salute, the jetpack. I got to get me one of those. Like, I just loved everything yeah. about that episode. And especially because that was like a major turning point for his character. You know, he left the child. He's there. He grabs the knob. Same knob that Baby Yoda was playing with. He's like, I can't do this. I got to go back. Goes in, mows down some stormtroopers. And, the you know, um, Gilda goes after him. Mando's got his back. This episode I thought was good. It still had action, but it had a little bit more just kind of calmness and more, you know, telling a little bit more about who the Mando is inside. As Vince Vaughn would say, you know, get to know the person inside Mm. here, um, as he famously said in Wedding Crashers. And uh, (laughs) um, I just thought that was awesome. And seeing Cara Dune, and that was a nice, like, introduction to her character, who I I think we're going to see more of. Um, But chapter three. yeah, I love it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. just to be different, I'll, I'll choose chapter four, and I'll give you one reason. This chapter made me feel more than last chapter, where I had uh, empathy for the chapter, where I'm like, you know, he, he helped this small village out. This is peaceful. This is ideal. The kid is having a great time, and then that bounty hunter is. And it's like, well, that sort of just burst in my bubble. So you go from this serene feeling to... They're never going to be safe, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of just different feelings that I went through just watching the first. I just watched it one time. So right. 
that's all raw. That's all raw emotion. You know, for me coming out watching this show and just going, wow, they just toyed with my emotions this whole time. We go from like laughter in the beginning to Cara Dune's awesome. She's cool. This is great. Sweet. They're helping these villagers. They're like they're looked at as these idols. These the two um, comedic relief actors were great. With the stake, with the stake, and it's the wrong way, and it's like you have no idea, and they end up killing one of the raiders, which is cool. And then, hey, you can just stay here; it's going to be fine. No one would know. Who would know? We're in the middle of nowhere. One guy knows, which means yep. more people know. And it's like, well, we had a chance at peace, and now we're right back in the mess. So, chapter four uh, for me, just because it's fun. Um, any final thoughts on chapter four that we didn't quite get to, Dame? Oh, let's think, let's think, let's think. Um, I mean, good action, you know, like I, I do, I really do agree with your point that it was more emotional. Like I think chapter three was like the adrenaline junkie, like episode where yeah. you get like blasters and fighting and all this crazy action and this, you still have action, but it was more emotional and it just, you know, once again, peels back like another layer of the Mandalorian, which is cool because you know like i say every week we have this guy who's wearing a helmet and it's still you're able to like more and more each week each chapter relate to him and feel like this guy wants to settle down he doesn't want this life right he deeply cares for this child and it's kind of just like when's it going to end you know where is the end game where is he going to find his peace and also peace for the child and um yeah it was just kind of nice because you know it's i mean and bryce dallas howard you know obviously um Ron Howard directed Solo, and I was a fan of that movie. I know some people mm-hmm. weren't. I enjoyed Solo, um, and he's done a lot of great stuff. But you know, I just think she did a really great job directing this, and it's awesome that we're getting female directors, you know, directing these Star Wars yeah. uh, episodes of Mandalorian, and you know, they're still like in tune with everything. Everything's just been really well done so far, man. I just, it's funny. I, I go to work every day. I'm talking to people who I've never talked to Star Wars about ever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, do you got Disney Plus? I'm like, yeah. They're like, did you see Mandalorian? I'm like, uh, yeah, like every episode at least two or three times. And they're like, <laughs> it's awesome. I'm like, I know it's awesome. Yeah. They're like, what do you think happened here? What do you think happened there? It's, I mean, it's fun because it, it's bringing more fans to the product, which I think is good too. And we got Rise of Skywalker right around the corner. Um, who knows if they're ever going to tie these things in. But man, I would love a movie with Baby Yoda, Kara, IG-11, and Mando just like, going on shenanigan journeys, whatever they want to do. Um, but luckily we still got some more episodes and a whole second season. Absolutely. Uh, I would I love, I would love if there was a tie into the rise of Skywalker, it doesn't have to be a character. It could be a weapon. It could be lore. It could be something that's set up. It doesn't even matter. As long as they make a small, a small stitch in the storyline, I would be, I would be good with that. But so w- real quick, one thing I did notice speaking about tie-ins. No worries. Um, and this was something that Jared pointed out to me from Sinister Six. Okay. Um, he actually pointed out that one of the blasters or the blaster that the woman was using was one of Bosk's blasters. Ah. Or a Bosk-esque blaster. Interesting. So kind of a little tie-in to yeah. you know, Empire Strikes Back. Lo- again, love the tie-ins. Um the only subtle, yeah like, the, very cool. subtle uh, the only tie-in i have and i mentioned this to mike i don't know if i mentioned it to you or me picked up on it on a listen is in one of the trailers one of the final trailers ray has a dagger in her hand it would be cool yes. if that dagger was a viber blade and that viber blade was of mandalorian culture 
Mm-hmm. That's all I need. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, you don't have to give me anything else. But if that was like, oh, we picked this up from this abandoned ship and it's the Razor Crest. Yes. You know, and you're like, I love it. You know, it doesn't have to be exact, but I can deal with it. But yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be righteous. Listen, we're halfway through the season already. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm a little upset, but we got four (laughs) more weeks of chatting to do with, I'm sure we're going to do a very special Rise of Skywalker episode uh, where we'll discuss in full detail. I'll be seeing that movie twice in two days, um, Thursday and Friday. That's another was conversation. There any, <laughs> was there any other way to see it? I, I thought, you know, twice in two days was a, the norm. That is pretty normal. I actually had a <laughs> ticket for Sunday, and apparently I'm going to be down in Sea Isle, which I have to now give to somebody. But uh, I plan on – I saw Force Awakens seven times in theater, so I guess I'll just have to see this nine. So it's no big deal. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But, hey, everybody, that was Damien Dupree once again coming on for We Have Spoken, talking about – chapter four damien it's been a pleasure thank you so much my friend always thank you so much for having me all right we'll talk to you soon and of course before we end the segment we have to always say we we have have spoken spoken. big shout out to damien for coming on the show once again we're gonna see him uh, this friday for chapter five of the mandalorian but let's move on to mr mike mateo loren himself with his take at chapter four Mr. Mike Mateo-Lorian is back with us on We Have Spoken, and we're going to talk a little chapter four with you, for you, to you. How are you, Mike, this evening? Um, I am good. How are you? Happy Uh, belated Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. We hope you had a healthy and happy one. And uh, as always, be grateful for what you have uh, because you never know when a rogue ATST will come to your village and decimate you one by one. Now, this title of this chapter is Sanctuary, Mr. Mike. Do you feel that this title was appropriate? I do. Okay. I do feel like it was appropriate. Um, it's past couple episodes has been a common theme for me where the Mandalorian kind of sees himself in these situations. Mm-hmm. He, I, I keep thinking back to the flashbacks of his town getting pillaged and ransacked. And then this town is the exact same thing happening to it. And he kind of, he sees it as his sanctuary. Mm. That's a good the, point. Yeah. You, you see, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping right to the end. No, of no, this. that's okay. It's again, we we assume you have watched this episode, and we are here to fill the gaps of knowledge to the best of our ability, even though we're eighty percent always wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like you hear at the end, the crack in the Mandalorian voice right before he's about to leave. Oh my god! Where he said he would. Oh, I do. Oh, my gosh. I do remember that. And I'll I'll tell you, we talked, I just, in in the segment with Damien, I just spoke about how I feel Chapter 4, for me, was a little better than Chapter 3 in terms of 
feelings and emotion and we are really getting gist of how the Mandalorian, you know, he's going through some stuff and like there's a, there's a chance for him to go to a peaceful ending in terms of retirement. So, you know, so to speak. And then it's completely taken away from them as a bounty hunter is tracking them. Yeah. But you also know that like, this is for him, this is his sanctuary. Mm. But as a viewer, you also know that, there's still all these fobs out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's you a little scary. One man. So even though this is his sanctuary, it can't be. Right. Right. Wow. Heavy stuff to start off with. So yeah, sanctuary is a is a there's so many layers to it and and layers to this episode for sure. Uh yep. let's talk a little Cara Dune. She's our new character. She was in the promotions. Uh, yes. she's, she's pretty much, I started following her actor, Gina, I think her first name is. Uh, oh, Gina, she was an ex-MMA fighter. She was also in uh, Deadpool. She okay. was Angel Dust. Got it. Okay. So she definitely looks like she was in MMA because she kicked the crap out of the Mandalorian. Well, we'll call it an equal battle, but it was equal. the fact that they were equal tells you how powerful uh, and cunning she is as a fighter, as a yes. shock trooper in the Rebel Alliance, sent off to hunt down Imperials. Um, what yes. do you What do you think of her character as we see it, and a little bit of her past? Well, just the I love Gina Carano in this role, just because like she was great in Deadpool as just as if from a fighting standpoint, right? Um. I am very interested to see where the quote early retirement leads us mm. where she, you know, she was the, the shock trooper rebel Alliance. Like I am interested to see where it leads from here, where she says she was more of a peacemaker or a pe- not, I'm sorry, peacekeeper. Right. And then it was just early retirement. And she thought the Mandalorian was coming to get her. Yeah. So I am interested to see. I'm interested in backstory of like why she either she deserted or she just left. This is, yeah, uh, early retirement. I mean, maybe she did. Yeah, maybe she did desert. You know, there's. The First Order, I'll give, you an, I'll give you a nice example. I'll give you a nice comparison. This is a preview to Into the Galaxy, another series of podcasts that I do. But uh, the, the the most recent uh, book that's out is called Resistance Reborn, and it takes place literally moments after Crate, and it talks about how they're going about partnering up with allies, rebuilding, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. The whole gist of the story is that they find out that the First Order has this list of prisoners who were former resistance uh, supporters and bef- and they're rounding them up and, and eliminating them, not killing them, but just eliminating them from the board because they know that they'll help the resistance. So I feel like that was yeah. her role, right? You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. her role was uh, rounding up these Imperials because they were high ranking officials or senators or support people. And they're basically trying to cut off the head of a Hydra, by eliminating all the players, you know, but you know, yeah. so 
But did she, again, she says it got a little too political. So I wonder if that's when the New Republic sort of comes into play there. I don't know. Yeah. Good question. Good uh, good thoughts there for sure. Yeah, I like the Cara Dune character. Um, yeah. Does she make a, a return to the show? I mean, me looking at IMDb, I'm <laughs> I kind of know if she does or doesn't. Okay. <laughs> um, I written without looking at IMDb. I really, really hope she does. And especially with that little handshake at the end, you kind of get the feel that she's going to. Yeah, they're certainly they're bros. Uh, toward the end of it, they have a mutual respect for each yeah. other. And uh, as I was saying to Damien, I'm anticipating an ensemble type of episode. Oh, yeah. IG-11 Where makes an she... appearance. She makes an appearance. Even Grief, I'm predicting, comes across... And joins and the, the other Mandalorians and the under Mandos and joins the cause to go against yeah. a common enemy, as they would say. It's mm-hmm. kind of a classic storytelling motif, but it'll work yeah, in this case uh, for sure. And so, yeah. Here's the other thing: what they're doing? What eight episodes for we're, the first season? And we're halfway through. Sad. We're halfway through, so we only have about two hours left. There's. A lot to jam pack into two hours, uh, I... and the the one thing that got me thinking about it was like, yeah, he's gonna have Mando and I'm just gonna start calling him the child because that's what the what was it chapter two called or chapter three whatever what chapter was it called? two chapter two was the child. We can also refer to him yeah. as as him now. I, oh, that was that was a note I had. The sex of the child has been confirmed by Omera of all people, not like a character that just got introduced today. Omara, we were uh, wondering what her name was in the last segment, so thank you for filling that gap. We totally forgot, and I didn't, I thank didn't catch I, it the first time either. So Omara, okay. It was not mentioned in the episode. I went to IMDb. You son of a gun! There, you're doing external research, and I love it. Um, yeah, sex of the baby is, is a he, I, I don't care if it was a he or a she, it doesn't bother me either way. Um, now Neither it just gets, I. it just gets a little easier to reference while we're talking about him instead of tiptoeing around. Um, since yeah. you, since you mentioned Omara, I will mention something to you. Go on. Uh, initially in the promos, we saw a brief glimpse of her, well, in this episode, uh, trying to take the helmet off. Yes. So before this episode, I in my head, I didn't mention this. I took a little bold prediction and said, that's his mother who survived. Yeah. Y- you know, years later, like they they mm-hmm. actually escaped and they made their way to this little backwater town. And in my head, I sort of made a scenario up and I want to see your face. You're my son. Yeah. Like I was kind of putting this together and then he would have said no. Like, that would have been an interesting little tidbit, uh, just speaking to the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. But uh, that's my little Omara story, because I definitely <laughs> thought, not a love interest, but I def- I kind of thought that that was going to be mom. Um, when speaking I of Omara, I kind of want to know a little about her backstory and how she became such a sharpshooter. 
interesting theory that Damien brings up, and we'll get your thoughts on it, is, is O'Mara in the guild? Hmm. Or re- at least retired not... from it. I, you know, I don't know. Where does this training come from? She definitely had some soldier training mm-hmm. with that kind of marksmanship. Sure. I, I don't know if she was in the guild and found, what's the planet, Sorgan? Sorgan sounds a little right, yeah. Um, I don't know if she was in the guild and found Sorgan and she's like, now I could just kind of relax. Or maybe the fact that uh, um, Cara Dune calls her a widower. Maybe there's something along the lines where her husband was in was some sort of trooper in the guild and she knew how to shoot from him and then had to escape because she would he was a wanted man, so that means she and her child were wanted, mm. fell on this planet, started a new life. Interesting. Uh yeah. The the I think it's all plausible. I don't know if we're going to have enough time, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming the final episode will be 60. It'll be double. So we're, uh, I'm going to yeah. call it two and a half or yeah, two and a half, two and a half hours left. Maybe even maybe even the penultimate, uh, the seventh chapter. Like 45. Like yeah, like a nice 45, right? So I think you know we're going to have a little less than three hours of showtime left. I don't know if O'Mara makes the cut, but I do think O'Mara comes back yeah. in some capacity, or we we revisit that world only be, just based off of she made a. You don't see a Mandalorian impressed too much, and I think no. she impressed him a lot, uh, and I think she sort of is that strong woman figure that he might be looking for. Yeah. And especially with the whole uh, before she tries to take his helmet off, the one scene where she gives him the food, she goes out to play with her daughter and her uh, and baby Yoda and other children. He takes his helmet off in front of a wide open window. Bizarre. And sets it down where he's like, I think that's him just saying that like, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to be done with this mm. and just like, I want to move on. Yeah. yeah uh, quite as they would say, quite maybe uh, what I, what I, <laughs> what I've learned in the past four chapters is there's so much to the Mandalorian that we've gotten from without even seeing them. We, we've said that yeah. many times and yes. just the head nods, the the I can't believe we're getting so much inflection from voice uh, with him bantering with Baby Yoda in the beginning, just cracking me up. And then uh, Damien reminded me of when Cara Dune and the Mandalorian have the guns to their heads, and all you hear is slurping of the soup. Yeah, <laughs> just it was incredible. Cracking up. Hey, you want some soup? You know, <laughs> like there's such good yeah, feelings. Yeah. I get just such a good feeling. Uh, watching these episodes, they're just so good. I can't. I and once again, this, yeah. This episode, you got more of the Mandalorian's personality. Yes. Like, 
it, his personality went from that, like, I'm going to say two to three words where like I was cracking up when he called baby Yoda a little womp rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you little womp rat. I'm like, oh I'm a You're a hundred percent right. That's another line. I totally forgot you little womp. I think uh, in addition to a new segment we're adding called the top three moments, I think we have to have our line, our Mandalorian line <laughs> of the night. Which we're gonna, st- I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this down, and we're gonna start that with chapter, chapter five, um, because there's just too, there's too many icon. I feel like we are living in an iconic, uh, dialogue as we speak. You know, just this is the way he makes an appearance again. You know, uh, I have spoken. All that, all that great stuff is happening, and it's just awesome. All right, so. Any highlights in this episode that you would like to touch on? I know you have circled some things in your handy-dandy notebook. <laughs> so, actually, the um, the things I circled had nothing to do with the episode, to be honest with you. Well, that's okay. What do you got? Um, so, let's let me flip back in my handy-dandy notebook. So... One is kind of a dumb thing by Disney, and the other is a genius thing by Disney. All right. All right. So which one do you hear, want to hear first? Uh, let's, in, in the effort of uh, positivity, let's go dumb to genius. All right. So have you been on the Disney store and seen the Baby Yoda merch? No. I'm going there um, right now while you're talking. Please don't. <laughs> you you can find it's literally somebody screen printing something on like T Public. <laughs> hey now, hey now. You better relax no, that T Public. T Public is like <laughs> it's an insult to T Public. This merchandise. Oh no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's you're, bad. You are not wrong. Although the uh, iPhone case is ador is adorbs now, basically Disney is using T Public's interface to uh, yeah. put the same photo of the child on everything. <laughs> okay, good job, Disney. Yeah, I think this is their attempt at getting merch out ASAP. And- but here's here's the thing, like. Disney has seen all these episodes, right? Or at uh, least one of them and knew that the child was one of the characters, right? Yes. So they would have had to have known that the child would be a massive success in merchandise. You're once again not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, you saw BB-8 in The Force Awakens, and then, like, before the movie even came out, you saw all this BB-8 merchandise. Mm-hmm. The Porgs and uh, uh, The Last, Last Jedi, yep, yep, yep. they were out before. Like, you don't need to release Baby Yoda before The Mandalorian comes out, but you should have that stuff, like, manufactured. I mean, listen, they, they often print shirts for both sides of the World Series, yes, they're prepared. You know, it's this is not the, 
This is not difficult to put a Baby Yoda on a hat holding a chrome ball. I've seen artwork on Instagram of Baby Yoda. I've seen 3D prints. I actually printed one out the other day of Baby Yoda that is wildly superior to what I'm looking at on DisneyStore.com. So I agree with you. Shame, shame on you, Disney, for not being prepared for this uh, wonderful new character that we've we've come to know personally in our families. Now, what is our genius move by Disney? Uh, So... Chapter seven. Oh no! You wait. You have insider information. Not necessarily like uh, chapter seven. Like here's what's happening in the episode. Okay. But the IMDb tells me this again. So just looking at the episode guide, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, let's see. You know, four episodes left. Chapter seven. The uh, so if the Mandalorian stayed with the um, every Friday schedule. Yeah. Chapter 7 would come out on the 20th. It's coming out on Wednesday. Yep. Yes, it's it, it ref, yes, it refuses to interfere with the rise of Skywalker, which is of course, I mean they don't want to share I mean it doesn't matter, it's two different platforms, but they don't want to share it, I guess, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I secretly hope that I guess <laughs> What if Chapter 7 leads into the Rise of Skywalker a la Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into Avengers Infinity or something? Like, it would be cool to have that. I don't think they're, that that's going to happen. but um, It would be cool. I uh, hope it doesn't. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I don't think we're going to get anything like that. But, there's a, you know, it's that's pretty cool. It is a genius move. And then I think we're, we're Fridays. Let's see. Chapter five, chapter six, the next couple Fridays or two Fridays, a Wednesday and a Friday. And we'll be uh, all set with that. So yeah, good point. Good point. And, uh, if you didn't know that, yeah, if you didn't know that listeners out there, the chapter seven is (laughs) coming to you two days earlier than anticipated, which means that the final one comes really, really late nine days until the final chapter, which is going to be, What a uh, egregious in nature, for sure. (laughs) And my last little circle. So there were two directors I was really interested in seeing their episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, One who has not done their episode yet is Taika Waititi. Yeah, what? Yep, yep. And the other one is Bryce Dallas Howard. And you just saw that episode from what I understand. Yes, I did. Now, let me throw a conspiracy theory at you. Oh, I already know what you're going to say, but let's hear it. Please. I'm I'm going. This is going with one of your hashtags. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So. Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm -hmm. Father. Ron Howard mm-hmm. directed Solo. Mm-hmm. Bryce, Taika, they meet, they shake hands. Taika takes over for Ron Solo too. <laughs> That's out of left field. I was not anticipating that. And that, how cool would that be? First off, I know. Well, I don't know for sure, but I think I read somewhere or saw that 
they're going to move Solo to a series on Disney Plus, a limited run series, which would be on board. Which would be absolutely real, real cool with that because I love that world, that gritty, and they got to flesh it out a little bit. But I, either yeah. way, um, there's a big movement online on on Twitter, uh, uh, hashtag Make Solo to Happen, and a couple major Star Wars accounts, Star Wars Newsnet, I think in particular was one of them. Yeah, um, started that movement, and I. On the first watching a solo for me, and again, this is not a solo podcast, but it was it was popcorn. <laughs> it was over the place right yeah, now. it was popcorn. It was fast food for me. Uh, the second time I watched it, I was like, actually, this is pretty good. I enjoyed it. I was like, I, I actually like this movie. Now I think I've only watched it a couple times. I really haven't watched yeah. it again. Uh, but in my marathon leading up to uh, Rise of Skywalker, I will sneak Solo in uh, for one of the night nightly viewings that I'll go with. But I thought you were going to go with uh, ATST equals Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's, that's what I thought. But there was nobody running in heels. That so is well. Like... That is absolutely true. Which also those movies were outstandingly inaccurate, even though dinosaurs don't exist, and it's fine. But uh, how about? And I was telling, mentioning this to Damien, uh, just in, getting back to the ATST. We don't really know. He may, he brings up a good point that the ATST was sort of like a throwaway character in in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, as logs are destroying them. This sort of brought back the uh, menacing and devastating reality of a machine of that magnitude firing down on a small village oh, yeah. that really can't defend itself. But we never get an idea of scale because. How often do you get to stand next to an ATST, you know, on film? But we get exactly. to see the size of the footprint that it leaves from a top view angle with our characters sort of at the bottom, and you're like, "Wow, that's a pretty big machine." Yes, you know, and that's was was pretty amazing. What did you think of the ATST? So, the interesting thing to me about the ATST was how beat up it was yeah like was it just that beat up from chomping through the forest was it that beat up what because um the empire was trying to take over this planet and their resources and it just kind of got left there Hmm. um and also the red light inside the little cockpit area kind of threw me for a loop oh my gosh that was one of my top moments and i'm going to hear your your top three in a moment but my number one moment just in the last segment unbeknownst to you the eyes of the atst menacing terrifying horrifying going to have nightmares about it definitely (laughs) um i yeah the the ATSC was just when I, th- I thought it knew, I thought there was some sort of sensor that knew that, oh, this little water pit here to farm krill, this is deeper than usual. Mm. I'm going to stop right here. Because mm. I thought it was odd how it, like the, the, the one leg came up and then like, I'm going to go forward. No, I'm not. 
Yeah. So like to me, I thought there was some sort of sensor that they had. I don't that the little like excuse me, the uh, the old English bulldog face people had. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean who knows how long this ATSD has been raiding? Has it yes. maybe well another point is they know that the shrimp, the krill that they steal is in that. So maybe yeah. they, they paused because that's their source of eating and drinking this blue liquid that looks very cool and dandy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, that's very actually interesting. Um, speaking of sensors, the Mandalorian has a few tricks up his sleeves. Oh, I wrote it tw- so I took notes both times. I watched <laughs> it, and both times I wrote helmet tech. <laughs> helmet tech. So this man does not need peripheral vision because he has he helmet, has tech. helmet tech. tech. That's right. Now that answers your burning question from last week. Does it satisfy you? <laughs> It does because now that I when I see him looking at the footprints on the ground, he has full peripheral. <laughs> yes, we we did get to see a POV, and that uh, that that satisfied. You heard it here first. Mateo Lorian has debunked peripheral vision <laughs> on on We Have Spoken Chapter Four. Oh my God, that is funny. Uh, all right, yeah. So I mean, action aside, which anticlimactic in terms of it sort of Mm. took a while to get to it. We have another wonderful Rocky montage scene of them training. Uh, How many, I'm looking at a note right now that says too much Rocky music. Yeah. Right. How many weeks do you think the Mandalorian and Cara Dune were in this village? How, How many, what's it? What do you think the length of time from them getting there and assessing the situation to them making the plan to them provoking them and then the aftermath. How much time do you think passes? Well, like to get them to that battle ready, that has to take at least a, if they're training every day for eight hours, what that would take at least a month. Right. But like you only see them training during the day. So in my head, I was like, was this training done in one day? There's no concept of time here. And then after I called it because of the fog, I called the battle of Winterfell. <laughs> like when all the white walkers ran out of the forest. Uh, yes. Uh, it was, I mean, the lead up to the battle was cool. Um, yeah. I thought the ATST approaching was like, I don't know why. Why isn't it just firing? That that's the same thing I thought. Like, there's literally only twenty of the farmers. Just fire at the farmers. Why are you firing at the building? Like what? The little huts. You can tell that they built barriers. You can tell. That they're attempting to strategy, like put a strategy together, and you got, unless they were short on energy canisters to reload, or their missiles. It only looked like there was one person up there. Yeah, I I don't know. It just I I don't know the rules on uh, 
resupplying ammunition inside an ATST's head, but I feel like if you have that firepower, why wouldn't you just lay down ground fire while your yeah. other people come in and swoop in? If that that's probably my my biggest negative to this episode was how the ATST was handled during battle. Yeah. Uh, and especially maybe they used all of their firepower uh just trying to catch uh Kara and Yeah, um, maybe for Mando sure. in just so they could see him in the forest. Uh definitely maybe you could be on to something <laughs> there. <laughs> I like the quite maybes and definitely maybes. That is just a very important part of uh, positivity. Uh yeah, so we have this little aftermath. We have lots of feelings between Amara and the Mandalorian. Yep. And then the tracker. Yes. Your thoughts. Now, I... Me being a... Uh, not, not a Debbie Downer, but contrary Mary. <laughs> I almost hoped that baby Yoda got got there. I don't want to agree with you, but I sort of had the same thought go through my mind, and I went, well, if he's just taken care of now, that sort of frees up the Mandalorian to do other cool Mandalorian mm-hmm. stuff. And when that, and it's again, it's a classic camera trick, when the fire, you know, when the the blaster shot rains yeah. out, I was like, "Oh damn, they did it!" And I'm and like, "I when when you went to the sky and saw the birds flying, like I I honestly thought I was like, oh, baby Yoda did get got, <laughs> and they didn't want to show it, right? <laughs> and that's probably why they didn't have merch. <laughs> yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is funny and, but afterwards they could have the rest in peace baby yoda merch <laughs> yeah so that's um i'm i'm happy and for the sake of not being traumatized by the show that he survived yes. uh but it was a thought i yeah i did have a, a little bit of a thought there i did enjoy the the line from O'Mara, or I don't know who, maybe Cara Dune says it, that says it's been weeks. You know, you're happy here. He's happy here. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that was O'Mara. Oh, O'Mara. Yeah. So, like, why don't you just hang out with us for a little bit and stay and do what you got to do? The tracker comes for sure. Uh, and that was the other thing. So when she was saying that, you knew that, um, Mando was talking to uh, Cara Dune and he was saying that he was going to leave the child there mm-hmm. and I was like you know what if I only get four episodes of the child I'm cool with it because I don't want to take away from the story and now this sets up future seasons it sets up everything else you know Yeah, the child ten years later living in this village yeah but I thought he was going to leave him there. And then it set up the whole then And then it immediately cut to the tracker. And I was like, oh, I, li- I like the, where this is going, where you're going to see 
Baby Yoda live a happy life on this little peaceful farmland. I agree with you. I would have loved it as well. I thought it would, again, it would have been a nice conclusion to that storyline. And again, it would have been a nice way of getting rid of him without killing him off. Yes. Honestly. And I was like, all right, cool. This is a good way. But as they, uh, you know, in the Star Wars galaxy, you're not safe. Uh, you are not. And since we established that, what did you say, uh, at least a couple weeks for training and then a couple more weeks, three, two or three weeks post? Uh, yeah, because was it uh, Cara Dune says that, you know, we've been here a few weeks now, so let's just say three. Yeah. So they've been there about two to two, two and a half months. Yeah, which means that it took a tracker a bounty hunter, a guild member. To yes. F- it took them that long to find them in the middle of nowhere. Yes. But throw it back, a little callback, throw back to uh, the beginning of the episode when uh, Mando calls him little womp rat and mm-hmm. says, we could lay low here for a couple months. Okay. Interesting. So then the man, you know, that's a good point. Good catch. Uh, again, single single viewing uh, has all these beginning and middle <laughs> and end uh, connections for me, a little hazy. So if that is the case, did the Mandalorian anticipate a bounty hunter coming after them? I think he did. Yeah. Be- especially because he, after uh, Kara shoots the tracker, um, he, says, he says that he's taking the child with him just because... He knows they're after him. Yeah. Hmm. Heavy, heavy stuff uh, from the Mandalorian so far. And again, we sort of uh, don't really know where the story's going. So before... Yeah, I still have no idea. Like, they're constantly going to be after the child, Mm -hmm. so that's always an episode. Yeah. But I don't want it to always be that episode. Right, right, right. Um, so speaking of predictions, do you have any bold predictions for chapter five? Just because I have no idea what is like where it could go. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I hoping that either grief or the client make an appearance Okay, and maybe there's some one star that I uh, that's in the show that uh, hasn't made an appearance yet who I think is going to be like the next tracker to go after Mandalorian is uh, he played uh, Gus on uh, Breaking Bad Juan Carlo Esposito Esposito. (laughs) yes so I am thinking that he is going to be the one, like he's going to be like some high-ranking official, possibly for mm-hmm. the Empire that goes after Mando, Baby Yoda. I uh, had a similar prediction as I stated in the previous segment that I think the client is going to be fed up with the guild, too many failed attempts, and now he needs to get somebody else involved of a higher regulation, I'll say, 
and that's where mm-hmm. we're going to get Moff Gideon. I don't think we get him chapter five. I think we get him six, seven, and eight. Gotcha. Something along yeah. uh, those yeah, lines. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to IMDb. I, I knew it was <laughs> uh, Moff Gideon. I didn't want to throw that name out there just because I was like, I was going all through IMDb. Oh, boy, you were really, you were control effing everything and searching all of the secrets out for sure. All right, well, let's get to our top three. Well, your top Top three, three. the people know what my top three are. If you can give me your top three moments, and then I'll even let you tangent on your two areas where the show needs to improve. I already, I, I had my mini tangents already. That's true. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll reel you in then. That's fine. Too much Rocky music and then the Battle of Winterfell. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, by, in no particular order, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that comes to mind is the, uh, I'm I'm going positive here. Uh, the beginning scene in the in the cock. Well, I'm um, I'm sorry. The beginning scene was on Sorgan. The scene where Mando and the child are in the cockpit. Because that was me yesterday <laughs> with my child, <laughs> where she's doing something. And I'm like, don't do it. She does it again don't do it. And then she looks at me while doing this thing. I said <laughs> not to do the oh, beginning cut co- or that cockpit scene was so funny. Gonna, I was cracking. I'm up. Gonna start, I am going to start calling my daughter. You little womp rat <laughs> because of that scene. Yes. I love it. I love it. Great moment. Thank you. How about number two? Uh, number two was pre soup slurping from baby Yoda. <laughs> yes. The fight scene. And then they ended with that upside down gun point. Very cool. I mean, it was <sighs> Carano in this series, just with the fight scenes is going to bring such another element. That's yes. going to be amazing. Yes. Uh, that's a good. I actually enjoyed that. There's a lot of gymnastic moves that the Mandalorian can do. He's very nimble and limber. Yes. And is it limber? Limber, lumber? Yes, mm, limber. limber. And uh, lumber is wood, which is that's a totally different conversation. Um, okay, and uh, your number one moment from chapter four: the helmet takeoff. Oh, very good. I had a I had a similar moment. Yes, very good. I I love the helmet takeoff because he puts on the side, the windows open, and he just he just I think he's done with the Mandalorian lifestyle. Like it is the way, but I don't think he wants it to be the way. Mm. I think he wants to just be done with everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it that now makes so much more sense since we know, as of this episode, that he is not a descendant of the Mandalores, that he was yes. risen in the culture. And now, again, for me, 
a little disappointed in that just because I thought we were, it's called the Mandalorian. They're heavy on the Mandalorian, but he's actually not a Mandalorian, which yeah. then makes chapter three's fight between the two Mandalorians make sense a little bit because, and again, I said this to Damien that I think Bud Knight, the blue Mandalorian, the heavy, the heavy Mando, I think he's called saved him way back when took him under his wing. And then they sort of got into a, a tissy. And I think mm-hmm. that whatever he did required him to be the public figure for the Mandalorians. And now he has to provide all this stuff. Or maybe Bud Knight was that guy that was out on the public and made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then he took over for him, which is why See, I, I, I have a, I have a little conspiracy theory. Well, not I have a bold prediction Fair. for who's who saved Mando. Let's hear it. Wait, Obi-Wan. is this is this not is this based off IMDb or is this your brain? <laughs> nah, this is <laughs> this is brain. All right, then I'm I'm gonna allow the brain to take over for this one. Obi Wan. Interesting. Hmm. No, no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a bold prediction. Would be certainly worthy of nostalgia throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks. I like it. Obi-Wan. I like it. That's great. Okay, ready for the hard question? Yes. Chapter 3 or Chapter 4? Which one is better? I go Chapter 4. Okay, let's see. Let's hear you why. Um, so Chapter 4, you, like, Chapter three to me felt like almost a repeat of the uh, of chapter one, where it was like the same exact things happened, but different event. Like the same sequence happened, where like we're going back to the builder, we're getting new armor, we're having a flashback. Chapter four, I think you really got to know who the Mandalorian is. Mm where he opened, I loved when he opened up to Omera and just told him, told her what happened to him. Yeah. You got, to me, you got more of a backstory of what happened by him talking to Omera than seeing those flashbacks in the building of the armor stages. I like Um, it, yeah. Yeah, chapter four you really got to see the Mandalorian as a person because there was more dialogue kind of a thing where like chat, he probably quadrupled the amount of <laughs> lines he had from chapter four to chapter three. You're a hundred percent right. I, I said the first thing I thought about after the, the, episode ended was like whoa this is dialogue heavy and i love it i love when it's dialogue heavy that means we're getting information and we don't have to look into the backgrounds of any scene to catch any kind of i don't need to go to imdb that much yeah well that that is yes (laughs) (laughs) not not at all (laughs) very good um but yeah it's uh again it's garners this is this is a three or four watcher 
because you have to like yeah. I'll, I'll watch it with the subtitles. I'll sort of get an idea. You know, I'll just focus in on dialogue the one time. Then I'll focus in on scenery and see like, all right, what do I see anything new? Uh, and then the last one will just be sort of like a little wrap up. But again, these are yeah. the perfect length of episodes to do that because you don't have to worry about falling deep into a hour episode and trying to get through. Like, I, watching these never feels like I'm just trying to get through it. No, uh, not at all. What was the show I was watching that I was like, oh, Walking Dead. Once I stopped, like season four or five, I forget, but it was just like, all right, this is an hour. Let's get through it. You know, we're deep into it. Five seasons. Let's do it. And then at, after yeah. that, I was like, I'm done. I'm out on this show. This is just stupid. But but that's I, I stopped yeah. watching that show when somebody ruined it for me on Facebook. Well, yeah, you, you got to hate people on the socials. This is why I'm avoiding all sorts of social media as we get closer to the rise of Skywalker. Well, Mr. Mike, do you have any final thoughts for Chapter 4, Sanctuary? I I, well, I have a little tidbit that I think you would enjoy. Let's hear it. Just because you know my wife very well. <laughs> not, not that well, you creeps out there. But I know her person. I know her personality. So, my wife not does not care about any of the things I'm into, really. Fair. <laughs> except, like, except for so, Violet. Except for Violet, I think. Except for our daughter, yes. <laughs> So, any of my interests like sports, Marvel, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> video games, she does uh, not care. Uh, nine, so, nine o'clock at night, 9.30, 9.45. Well, the good thing is she falls asleep early, so like I'm like, oh yeah, Marissa, you can just do this and... You, we could watch this, and when you fall asleep, I'll do what I want to do. Perfect. Perfect. So, before I got on the phone, before like we started talking, uh, what I usually do is um, she'll go up to uh, full clothes, whatever. Um, that is That is not me being misogynistic the just misogynistic <laughs> that is literally what she went upstairs to do <laughs> i hear you don't judge don't judge this is just a story we're just giving you all the details so <laughs> so she uh she did all that earlier today so it was like oh you're going to stay down here while i'm watching the mandalorian uh-oh and so she's like, all right, as long as it's done by eight, because Frosty is coming on. I was like, deal. Well, Marissa, you know what? This episode is Yoda heavy, so you'll be happy about it because he's adorable. That's right. And she knows how adorable he is. So we're watching it and baby Yoda's doing baby Yoda stuff and being adorable. And she says to me, he looks like a little old man. <laughs> And she's not wrong. She's not wrong, but my response to her was, don't most babies look like little old men, too? Also true with the wrinkles, especially when they uh, when they first are introduced into the world. Yeah. So, like, kudos to Star Wars, the Lucasfilms making even Baby Yoda looking like little old men. Oh, like yeah. I think... Um... 
I think The Mandalorian is well-received from both Star Wars fans and non-Star Wars fans. I think people who have just put it on have been pretty impressed with it. My father-in-law is one that, you know, he's not like a sci-fi. He is, you know, he watches a lot of movies and stuff like that, but, like, I'm not going to talk to him about the ins and outs, but he's like, hey, that Mandalorian show is pretty good. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Like, it is pretty good. Like, it's highly entertaining. It's keeping my interest, and it's not long, and it's, you know, you're able to get through it. Uh, so, and he's like, but I don't understand. It's it's only three episodes. And I'm like, oh, no, no, they're coming out weekly. And he goes, yeah. when did shows start doing that again? And I'm like, well. Dude, I, yeah. I actually love that The Mandalorian is doing this because, uh, well, Disney Plus is doing this because it is it allows us to have this speculation for yeah. a, for a week instead of like, Oh, I'm going to watch everything in two days and then I'll forget about it for a year. Exactly. And on the business side of things, um, since there's only a seven day free trial, you only, you don't get the full season. So you have to commit to it. Oh, so genius, you know, um, it's so funny just outside of star Wars land, we're getting all these Marvel shows and I'm assuming they're going to be weekly too. I think they will too. And, and I, I hope it. they follow this model where they're not an hour long. They're these like 30 to 45 minute. Yeah. Intervals. This is this is a wonderful model for sure. But we're going to wrap up uh, chapter four of The Mandalorian. Thank you, Mike, for all your insight and wonderfulness. And follow him on Instagram if you found him. Uh, with his man bun and all that good stuff. But the Mateo Lorian <laughs> has stated his thoughts. And uh, I would say that they were much kinder to Chapter 4 than they were to Chapter 3. So well done, uh, Mandalorian, for the big comeback that you did this time. And as we always I'm... say, since it's Episode 3 and we only did it last episode, but we've always done this, we got one thing to say, and that is... We have spoken. spoken. Yes, sir. Thank (laughs) you very much. Chapter four of The Mandalorian uh, is complete. Stay tuned, and we'll wrap up episode three of We Have Spoken. Well, episode three has come to its conclusion. Mike and Damien, thanks a lot for talking chapter four with me. Looking forward to seeing where The Mandalorian goes in chapter five. Do we see the return of Cara Dune? Do we see the return of IG-11? Will the Empire, or what is called the Empire, be after him? All this and more in the next chapter of The Mandalorian. If you didn't know, you can support the show by buying some merch from tpublic.com. Just search out MRC Tech, and you can score some We Have Spoken exclusive merchandise. We'll be back this Friday to talk about The Mandalorian, and we'll drop the next episode of We Have Spoken on the following Monday. It's been great, everybody, but let's just check on The Mandalorians to make sure what we are doing is up to their snuff, and we'll catch you next time on We Have Spoken. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast, copyrighted 2019, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music credits to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Music by 
chillhop.com. Star Wars covers featured by Unicorn Studios and Pandemic on YouTube. This has been the last podcast. Visit the website www.mrctechllc.com for more information.